All right, we are live. Welcome to the Real Conversations podcast. I am your host, Kelly Scar. Today, we have no Robin Shidlowski due to scheduling issues today. So uh, it's just me and my good friend, David Greenspan. As always, I'm going to run through the bio and then we're going to jump into the conversation. This one, my friends, is a mouthful, so please bear with me. David Greenspan is a leading source of keep in touch marketing for real estate, mortgage, and financial services industries. Uh, has built a career on challenging the game instead of following it. He is a vice president of Kits, Keep in Touch Systems. Kits combines the power of cross-channel marketing with VDP technology to build Mindshare. His experience and strategic way of thinking has developed into a series of thought-provoking videos, presentations, training, and coaching branded as Mindshare 101. If you guys haven't seen any of his videos or listened to his shtick, I'm telling you, man, like you guys are missing out. Uh, David knows that when you build Mindshare, you gain market share, and he shares this with audiences across North America as a trusted and strategic keynote speaker for salespeople, offices, and national organizations. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, sir. It's always a uh, pleasure to be rapping with you, man. And I appreciate the invitation to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, it's not like I was, I was trying to get you on the show for a long time, but I've been thinking about you for a long time. And I reached out, uh, you know, last week and we were finally able to get something together. And so thank you for uh, slotting me into your calendar here right before Christmas and the end of the year and happy Hanukkah. Hey, thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. A, a happy holidays to you and yours. It's always, uh, look, man, whether it's it's live on a video like this or recorded or whatever, or it's just you and me over, a, you know, a cup of something. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's always it's always good conversation. So I'm excited, man. And I know uh, as we're we're getting into the final stretch of the year, it's definitely a very busy time. Um, there's a lot of people taking that time to start to relax and take time off and. I think this, this is part of the point where, you know, it's good to put your foot on the gas a little bit, right? You know, don't get me wrong. Take some time, downtime, relax, but go into the new year with a plan. Do not wait for the new year to start and then make the plan. So that's kind of where we're at right now and things are good. You know, everything, everything's real happy right now. Yeah. I've actually had, uh, I've actually had, uh, uh, a, a broker manager reach out to me and say, Hey, would you put on a business planning session for my office in January? And I'm like, dude, why weren't you contacting me back in October? <laughs> well, listen, man, I got people like, hey, can you talk about goals? And I'm like, we're doing this in mid-January. You want to talk about goals? Right. Then they're like, well, it's probably a great topic start of the year. I'm like, no, no, that's a great topic back in November, right? Right. No, right. I mean, we still talk about the stuff, but by all means, there, there, there is a thing there that says, you know, and this is where the whole Peloton craze came from last year, right? Is that everybody went, that's it. I'm going to have a new year's resolution. Everybody else seems to be buying a Peloton. So I'm going to go buy a Peloton now caveat. I did not buy a Peloton. Um, no. That being said though, you know, that's, that's what people's quick sort of um, resolution was. And to follow the herd like sheeple is only going to keep you within the pack. And what right. we want to do is be a, ahead of the pack, right? We want to be leading right. the game. I mean, when everybody's still getting over that holiday hangover, you know, down in the minors, we want to be parting like rock stars in the major leagues, kind of all, right. all past that stuff, but so far ahead because of everything that we did over the past six, seven, eight weeks now. Right. To be prepared. Right. Yeah. Because it's well, a busy time of year. As much as we take downtime, there's still a lot to do as well. Well, then, I mean, I've said, I've seen this or heard this said and, and seen it, uh, you know, posted up many, many times by, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, really, really smart people. And it's like the next 90 days are, are going to basically craft out the next 365. Right. Um, you know, my, my partner, Robin, uh, co-host of the podcast has said, you know, show me your calendar and I'll show you how successful you're going to be. Right. So like, what are you doing waiting till, uh, you know, December the 21st to reach out to somebody to talk to your office about, 
you know, uh, setting goals and, and business planning, like this, this kind of stuff should have been done back in October, November sort of thing. Right. So dude, so, I've got events planned for the fall 2021 already, right? My right. January schedule is pretty much slammed already. Right. There right? you go. You've got, you've got to be ahead of the game. There's always got to be a pre-plan. I mean, look, this is why we're able to joke so often about the, you know, real time versus real tour time. Right. Right. Always feeling overwhelmed. And, and Kelly, I get it, man. You know, we wear a lot of hats in this business. We're running around. We're doing all sorts of different things. It's not like it's not like everybody has these big, big teams and all sorts of admins. I mean, most of the agents can't even figure out how to, how to get started on that stuff. And that's not a knock. That's just realities, right? You're yeah. an entrepreneur. So there's only so much money and only so much time to go around. So it's easy to feel overwhelmed. But when we do take control of that calendar and we do schedule ahead and that 90 days plans the 365, I'll tell you right now, that 90 days should be reset every 90 days. Yeah, right? So if you're reviewing, if you're reviewing once a year, yeah. call it, you know, end of the year to plan for the new year. Great. But imagine you review every quarter. Right. I mean, it's hard to take a foot off the gas at that point. Right. Cause you're, yeah, you're constantly moving, you know, that overwhelming, that tiredness, that, that, that whatever. No, no, no. It's, it's very easy because now you, all you got to review is not 365. You got to review 90. Right. So you're, you're in, you're in Eastern Canada. You're in, you're out of the GTA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know, I know the, the average deal count per agent is a little bit different out East. I think in, in our markets around six to eight, uh, average is the, is the average agent will do six to eight trans six to eight transactions in a yearly basis. Like why, why, why do you think the, deal count is so low? Is it because agents are in overwhelm? Do you think it's a failure to plan? Do you think it's a combination of the two? Like, why is it that that I can go out and with my eyes closed, sell 30 homes in a year, right? Whereas an average agent's going to really struggle to even get to six. Like, what's the difference? An understanding of the business, right? Now, with anything we do in life, the more we do it, the better we get at it right? It's just experience. It's, you know, you trip over yourself. It's like riding a bicycle, right? The first time we go to do it, it's not like anybody gets it. And then all of a sudden you finally start to find your wind and then you get it. And any business that we're in takes that type of time where you really need to focus in, you need to make the mistakes, you need to learn from those mistakes and you need to keep moving. The issue that we find in this game of real estate is that a lot of times people get into it, not realizing that they so-called love real estate right? What they love is the money. And that's all good. I get up to make money as well. I mean, that's why we work is to make money. Fine. All good. Yet a lot of people, a lot, and especially when you look here in the GTA and you look around the surrounding areas, a lot of folks have got a background in something else, education Mm -hmm. in something else, may have come from somewhere else and haven't got their feet planted here. However, when it comes to real estate, Yes, there's education behind it. Yes, there's you know certain hours and, and dollars around schooling, but it, it's a very different setup than saying, hey, I want to be a doctor. I want right. to be a lawyer. I want to be an engineer, whatever, right? Like those, you know, they'd argue, you got to go to university. You got to get, you know, be there for three, four, five years. You got to take all these exams. Real estate is almost work at your own pace in terms of the education. You can do it online and you can do it again. Like I said, as fast as you want, it's going to cost you what, two, three grand? So the right. buy-in is uber low, right? It's very easy as long as you're going to put the time in to learn and study the books. And as long as you pass the test, you've got your license. Now, that didn't say you're a salesperson. That didn't say you're a marketer. That didn't say you're a negotiator. That didn't say you know how to be successful in this business. Hence where most of these people aren't doing any business. 
Right. Because now the next thing comes, you get your license and they go, well, what do I do? And oftentimes we hear from brokers and guarantee you've heard this one before, go farm a uh, neighborhood, go find a neighborhood right. and farm. Right. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, oh, okay. So I'll send out some flyers or I'll go get the bus bench. Uh, business is going to change again. It doesn't work like that. Right. What are you doing to support each one of those channels? Forget that. What kind of money do you have? Have you got a budget? Oh, I don't know. And I mean, I said this many times before, but well, it depends if it works. No, it doesn't. It depends how much you have. Like, what can you afford? Right. Remember, we got up to make money without understanding how much money we have to put towards the marketing. We're going to end up spending money we don't have. We're going to end up stressing ourselves out, working too hard, not seeing the ROI we were looking for. And next thing you know, we're not getting the deals. Right. So basically so what you're saying is you, you're going, we're seeing a lot of people come from an employee type mindset, be thrust into this entrepreneur type mindset and have no idea how to actually run a business. Cause that's what we're doing in real estate. That's, that's it. Right. That's it, Kelly. Business yeah. planning structure, just to what you opened up with, with the, like that 90 days for the 365. There's right. no plan. There's no structure. There's not enough know-how as how to get there tomorrow. And then, and then you, you know, this one too. I need to do something. I need to get a deal. Things aren't good. And all of a sudden you start doing all this planning and then bang, a deal comes and it could have come from anywhere. And all of a sudden, all of that stuff that you were stressing about went to the wayside because you're working on a deal. Right. Well, where are you getting the next deal from? Right. Do you want to fall back into that same hole? What are you doing now? Putting the blinders on, yeah, focusing man. on what's in front of them instead of focusing on the periphery. I've said this for a long time that focusing on the periphery is where the dollars are. Right. You should That's be right. able to get in a deal or doing a deal. I mean, regard, depending on how much ex experience you've got in the business, right. Um, you should be able to do those deals in your sleep. I mean, you know, they, they aren't overly difficult. The contracts aren't overly difficult. Like getting your client over the finish line is not overly difficult. Right. But the, the problem is, is that the agent sees the deal, they immerse themselves in it. And they forget about what's going on around them. Like you said, they forget about, you know, going out into that community and door knocking that, 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 uh, that one street that they forgot about, or, you know, picking up the phone and calling those past clients or current clients, or, you know, back when we were allowed to do open houses, you know, planning properly for that open house so that you have a successful launch on a Saturday or a Sunday. Right. And then the follow-up that's, that comes as a result of that starting on Monday, straight through Friday and then the next week. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of agents don't understand the structure and, and I think in large part because it's probably really just not taught. Like, I mean, I know when I started in real estate, right, uh, 14 years ago, uh, you know, I sat down with my broker and I said, okay, how am I going to go get business? She says, well, go do open houses. I said, great. How do I do an open house? Right. Right. Like, what do I need for that? You know, there was just, there was no, there was nobody there that was going to teach me how to learn this business. And so I, you know, I've said this for a long time that, you know, hence the prolification or proliferation of, of, uh, coaching companies and coaches like yourself. Right. I mean, I think if, if the brokers hadn't abdicated to a certain degree, uh, the responsibility to the agents because of certain models that came into the marketplace, I think, you know, coaching might be a little bit of a different, uh, there might be a bit of a different structure there, you know, coach to coach, right? Well, here, on? I'll tell you this. I had this conversation with um, Aurea, the Ontario Real Estate Association, many, 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 many years ago, probably 10 years ago. And this was while I was taking my exam. And I mean, maybe it was 15 years ago, Kelly. And I remember failing and I failed by like a percentage, like a point. You needed like 75 and I got like 74, okay? Because right. sit down to an exam, I'm not the guy. Never right. been the guy. My yeah. my mind is chasing squirrels all day long. Like I'm I'm focused on 
you know, the end game, not writing that exam. It's just who I am, whatever. And there's some people that are super, super, super smart. They're getting 110% and you go, how'd they do it? I don't know, but wow, geniuses. But the flip side now comes me at the table and marketing. That's where I'm going to excel. I'm not going to excel on the exam. So failed this exam by a point frustrated beyond frustrated went in there. I said, no, I want to appeal this sat down and actually had a meeting with these guys. And I said, you're doing it all wrong. And this is the point of the story, right? You're doing it all wrong. And they go, how are we doing it wrong? You failed it. Now you're pointing fingers at us. I said, listen, first of all, you read the question to me. And it was like little, little things of like where they, you know, place the comma and pause to read it. And I went, okay, really? We're going to get into these semantics now, of like how you read the question, but let's go further here. I said, all of this stuff is just teaching me how, or pardon me, teaching me the legalities of the business how to fill out the paperwork, you know, what compliance looks like. Back to your question of why aren't people getting as many deals or why is the deal council? Nobody taught me to market. So I told them that I said, right. you guys are not teaching people the street level stuff that people need to learn. He goes, okay. So you got all these big ideas. How would you do this? I said, ah, I like, I like the fact that you asked that question. Instead of doing all these exams with all these, all this stuff, it's, I call up and I say, hey, I'd like to get my real estate license. Wonderful. You've got a listing presentation at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. We'll see you there. Click. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what's going to happen. I mean, you get off the phone and go, listing presentation? Right. What? What, do I, what am I supposed to do for that? Well, guess what? If you really want your real estate license, go figure out how to do a listing presentation. There's a thing called Google. Figure it all out. You can learn exactly what you need to do. Go in there dressed and ready to go. Show up ahead of time, not just on time, and be there. And now, and he says, and how would you measure that? I said, well, are they dressed properly? Like, would you deal with this person? It doesn't mean they need a suit and tie, but are they dressed appropriately? Would you deal with them? How'd you like the presentation? Did they put the effort in? Did they show up again ahead of time? Is this somebody that you could see yourself potentially hiring? Yes or no? Because if yes, check. You move on to the next one. Now you got the listing. How are you going to market my property? Right? Right. Okay, here's my marketing plan and go through the steps. And then all of a sudden after the marketing plan is done, okay, great. So you've now got the deal coming in. You've got all these offers. What do you do next? Right. And now we're going through the real deal of how to bring a property or a sale to life in this game. So yeah, don't get me wrong. The legalities and the compliance, it's all important stuff. But my point to these people was, and this was back then. And I mean, Listen, this is no knock on Aria. I love Aria. I've got a lot of great friendships and, and relationships there. This was like a 15, 16-year-old conversation that we had had around my yeah. thoughts around, again, we're teaching people what to do at the table. What we're not doing enough of is teaching people how to get to the table. Right. And yes, that is exactly why my coaching program exists, right. is because I want to help more people get to more tables. And if we can do that, then everything that they learn in school, they'll be able to get that paperwork signed and close those deals. But we got to get them there. And that is the reason because that open house you were told to do, that farming program that somebody was told to start, but why, how, what, that's what people need to understand more of. So give us a little bit of your history here. Um, You know, you mentioned a couple of things. So, you know, licensed, you know, 15, 16 years ago, whatever it is. um, Yeah. Started with kits. I mean, how long have you been with kits? And then I think you just you just kind of launched your your own coaching program this year, did you not? Or have you has this been around for a while now? Am I? Yeah, am no. I um, 
so we started doing, uh, we started kits about 16 years ago. Um, I mean, I, look, I grew up in a, in a real estate office. My father was a broker owner for first 20 years of my life. I remember black and white MLS tear sheets, typewriters in the office, whiteboards. I remember it all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also remember those guys that were coming in that were, you know, making money that, um, the first guys with the, the big purse with the cell phone, you know, right. and then they got the curly Q antenna and then yeah. all of a sudden they, you know, they had, you know, or before that they had like quarters in their pockets because they had to be the first one of the payphone. So I remember right. watching the old school. I then went to school for marketing. And in that time, I got licensed to sell real estate. I got certified to sell mortgages. I went and got my building code for because I was building custom homes at the time as well. Mm-hmm. And somehow went full circle and opened up this marketing company called Kits. And it was very much the hardcore sale of sell, sell, right. sell, sell, sell. And as you're selling, you're starting to learn where are people's objections, where are people's challenges, or, you know, somebody calls you up and says, I want to farm an area of 5,000 houses. You go, what's your budget? They go $500. You go, you cannot afford to buy 5,000 houses, right? And now you're almost turning a sale down. And people are like, really? You don't want my business? I'm like, ah, it's not that I don't want your business. You can't afford to do what your plan is. So why don't we rejig that plan to make it affordable for you? This way we've got longevity together. And now you're going to win. I'm going to win. We're both going to be winning. It's going to be good. Because if you do this too quick, too big, too fast, within three months, you're going to stop. You're going to be upset. Didn't work. I'm going to be upset. You're gone. And well, we both lost. Right. So we started coming to that thing of understanding who is our niche market. And, and look, again, 16 years later, of course, we're still always learning. But over the past right. probably three, four, five years, yes, Mindshare 101 had the opportunity to be born just to be able to be a voice and be able to you know, get my opinion across and do it with some value and do it with a lot of uh, fun and maybe pizzazz or whatever, but light a fire under people's butts. Because again, I believe that yes, everybody can achieve the success they want as long as you have the plan. Right. And so progressing through that from a lot of keynote speaking and a lot of different training programs that I've been running and the videos that go on the, the mindshare podcast, mm-hmm. um, you know, that took us into open the coaching company and I've been coaching agents for the past few years, but we really made it official in 2020 and coined right. it David Greenspan coaching um, awesome. just to bring that, that feel to it because Mindshare 101 is really the Mindshare 101 is like the school. Like you walk in and you've got different resources, again, training programs, uh, on-demand programs, you've got videos, you've got the podcast, you've got a lot of content that's put out there, you know, but you can choose which classroom you want to sit in on. Right. One of the classrooms is now one-to-one coaching. And we've been, um, we've got group coaching as well as one-to-one and we've been incredibly fortunate. It's been, it has taken off incredibly, incredibly well. Like I'm busy beyond belief and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for every single piece of it, but even more grateful for the success that my clients are having. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, that's, I think that's a big part of the reason why we get into coaching to begin with, right. Is, is to really help people grow and, and expand and, and, you know, not just grow their business, but grow as a human being. Right. Yeah. Actually, you know, sitting down and, and reading a book and, and taking some of the strategies that are in that book and then actually executing on on those strategies. Right. Depending on what the book is. I mean, you know, I've got a couple of books on my table right now. I've got Average Sucks by Michael Burnoff. I've got The Ultimate Sales Letter by, by Dan Kennedy. You know, they're all they're dog eared. There's there's you know, there's I've written inside the book, like all, everything that like I'll never give these books up. Right. Right. But now it's just a matter of taking some of that information and executing on it. I never would have had that 
um, that mindset had I not believed in coaching from a, a very early stage in my career. Right. I think my first coach, I, you know, I got licensed in 07. I think the first coach I hired was like 2010, 2011. So I was only full time for like two years before I was like, hold on a second. I think I need somebody to bounce some ideas off of to help me out. Um, like, what do you, what are you seeing as far as uh, agents and, and, and their success and their, like, I, I think one of the things that I, as a, as a coach, what I really love is, is seeing that light bulb go off. Right. It's like, Oh damn. Like he told me to go do this. I went and did it and it worked. Like what else is he going to tell me that's actually going to work? It's, it's almost like you get that buy-in just because you say you're a coach doesn't automatically mean that, that you've got some sort of authority, right? They hire you based on, on past performance or what somebody else is saying about you or what they've seen online, all of the all of the good content that you're giving away for free. And, and that's like, you, you know, you've built some authority there. Right. Um, so what do you, what, what's, what do you get, what are you most jacked about uh, in terms of the coaching um, that, that you do with agents on a regular basis? Like what is it that gets you up in the morning to get into these it's calls, the success man? that people are having, man. I mean, look, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of coaching options out there. Okay. There's a lot and, and, and not everything fits everybody. Right. So, you know, you've got to find what really works for you. And sometimes there's a lot of people that have tried this and then, you know, they do it and they had a lot of success and then they take, you know, a little hiatus and then they go and they try something else and then they do that and they have success. And, and I think that everybody has something that they can teach you. Right. You know, what gets me jacked is really people's successes though. And where successes is coming from is to understand who are you as an individual? Um, I can only speak for me personally. We don't pull the cereal box off the shelf and serve out the same breakfast to everybody. Um, we really dig in to understand who you are as an individual. I really right. uh, understand who you are, what's going on up here in your mind, because what's going on in that mind is what could potentially and most often is slowing you down. You know, so you believe surface level, this is what I want to tackle. But we know that back there, there's something innate that is actually holding you back. And right. until we dig for that, and I mean, listen, this goes into the depths of like all the neuroscience and neuromarketing, understand the way the mind works and the three levels of the brain and, and why we make the decisions we make. By understanding that more, by digging in more to learn about who you are, we can pull that stuff out. We can get through the weeds, start to clarify the situation, shed some light on it, present a solution for it. And then hold the accountability to really get past that and, and make that solution come to life. And when you get there and that light bulb goes off, I mean, it is an aha moment for the client I'm working with. It is an aha moment for them personally, where I get to sit back and go, I, I literally just saw that light bulb go off for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And now, you know, you've just helped them through something. I mean, I've had, I've had conversations with people where it's, you know, we've given them something to do. And you'll speak to them, you know, a few days later and go, why didn't it get done? And all of a sudden they've been racking their brain on something that is so stupid and so petty that had nothing to do with what we were working on, but that's what held them back from getting the stuff done that we needed. Right. And that's just human nature, man. Right. We're all human. We all have a mind. It goes crazy. And sometimes that tiny little thing in our mind could be the big, big piece de resistance that holds us back from achieving that next level of success. So instead of just... Here's a script for making phone calls. Here's a listing presentation. No, right. that's all the stuff that they taught you in school. Yeah, Let's I, I had a nitty gritty. I, I remember I, I was looking around for a coach back in uh, 2013, I think it was. 
uh, I, I come back from a conference and, and everybody at this conference had coaches and I was like, okay, I got to hire a coach. I got to, you know, re rejig some stuff and figure some shit out. And so I started looking around and I came across this one company and, um, you know, they were like, well, you know, we'll customize the package for you. We'll customize your coaching experience for you. And I was like, great. Okay. That sounds good. So we started digging a little bit deeper and, and, uh, you know, they're talking about systems and process and all this stuff. And, you know, then they, they come up with this startup package that they have. Right. And, and they're like, okay, so it's 4,000 bucks for, you know, this, the startup package. I'm like, okay. Um, so what does that get me? Well, that gets you the, the, you know, the startup package, here you go, we'll send you this and, and, you know, you'll get going. And I'm like, okay, so how is it customized to me? I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't text with anybody. I didn't email with anybody. I'm going to sign up for you. I'm going to fill out a form. And then all of a sudden you're going to send me this package and it's going to have my name on the front of it right? You guys are systemized, you're process oriented. That's the type of coaching company you are, but you're not going to actually sit down with me and actually go through my business and get an understanding of who I am, what I need, what I'm about, you know, what the goals are, what the needs are, all of that kind of stuff. And so I think, you know, and this is a fairly well-regarded, you know, mm -hmm. high-end coaching company, yeah, right? But, yeah. you know, so I a hundred percent agree with you, man. I, I think that, I think agents really need somebody to sit down with them, have that, that one-to-one -one and say, okay, what are you looking at getting out of coaching? Because like you said, not all coaches are going to be a good fit. Not all coaching companies are going to be a good Absolutely, fit. Absolutely, man. You and know? look, and like anything else, I talk to a lot of people and I, not everybody gets started with me. And that's right. cool. That's the same thing like in real estate. We talk to a lot of people and not everybody lists their house with us or not everybody right. buys with us. So, so you know, in, in two sides of this thing right now, it's you've got to have a lot of conversations out there. And this goes to the big realm of anybody that's such your building, right? You've got to have a lot of conversations as, as you and I love our hockey. It's that whole idea, take more shots to get more goals, right? right? But you cannot expect to score on 100% of shots you take. Therefore, you've got to keep shooting. Right. And again, find what fits for you, find that right piece. But I will hold to that. Exactly. That is that whatever you were promised from a customized plan, when a company is so big, it's not that they don't want to, it's that right. it's almost just impossible at this point to get yeah. so minute for that one individual. And so, you know, it's not always the, the biggest company or the brightest, shiniest object or what everybody down the hall is using. That's not always the right thing for you, mm -hmm. right? And we all aspire to be that big, big company and have all that success and not have to worry. I mean, here, total sidebar. Did you know that Jeff Bezos's net worth is $186 billion? Yeah, it's insane. You know that He's somebody brought up, my, my wife yesterday says to me, she goes, if that guy just gave a billion dollars to each person on earth, he'd still have $177 billion. Put that one in perspective. Yeah, you that's see, crazy. But talk about the biggest companies ever. I mean, it's nice, sure, whatever, to have all this mm -hmm. dough and whatever, whatever. But when we come down to coaching and us as individuals, it's about finding somebody who you're really, truly going to connect with, somebody that you can lean on that's going to be there. And if I, you know, not only coach in realtors, but I coach baseball team, I coach a hockey team, and I got mm -hmm. teams of, of, of kids. And I mean, talk about connecting with a personality. Those are you know, some of the aren't toughest even, clients right there, man. Yeah, Kids, man. These aren't even mature right? minds yet. No, right? I know. So this yeah. is like, this is like teach these guys, but understand how do I break in and go, okay, little Kelly, how can I help you, you know, do better in this? But I'm also this bigger kind of older guy, maybe looking down at you. So, you know, there's some intimidation factor as well. So we as coaches need to recognize that 
and recognize what kind of impression, what kind of long lasting, you know, again, impression am I putting on this, this individual, whether it's a fully grown adult who's in business or it's a nine, 10 year old kid who's playing baseball or hockey. Right. And now, now that connection with that individual, when you can make that personal relationship, that personal connection and truly understand each other. Now we can say whatever we want. Right. I've got one boy on my hockey team, good little hockey player. Start of the season, I was having trouble listening to the direction I was giving to him. He'd like roll his eyes or he'd get upset. Yep. And then at one point, his dad, I get along well with his dad. He's been on my team for two years. His dad pulls me aside one day and he says, hey, he says, I just wanted to check in. How's so-and-so doing this and that? And I told him straight. I says, you know what? I think he's starting to tune me out a little <clears> bit. <throat> I said, I don't know why, but I think he's starting to get a little upset when he makes mistakes. I'll tell you. That whole relationship, just by understanding the boy and realizing what's going on, I made the, the I don't want to use this word pivot. <laughs> One of the 20 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I made this whole pivot with this guy in the relationship in how do we help him excel? And now, now he loves me. Like the holiday card, you're the best coach ever, this and that. Now, every time I talk to him, like, boom, eyes, he's listening, ears are open. Because forget about the skills I tried to help them with. Mm -hmm. We had to connect as human beings. Right. And again, where I go full circle on this whole thing now is you've got to find somebody that you can just literally be yourself with, that you can really feel comfortable dropping your guard around. And you don't have to worry about the pomp and circumstance. And now just through conversation, you guys are going to get, you're going to be able to go really far with each other. It's going to be a lot of good content that comes out of that. A lot right. of building blocks we can create together. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because we had the same the same type of thing happen on our baseball team this year. Uh, you know, we had uh, it was a very odd year this year. You know, we got started late of because of yep. of you know what was going on and and uh, uh, our we we got put into the bubble right, and so we only had three teams to play against. Um, you know, twelve kids to a Likewise, team, so yep. it was like a cohort of like 50, 50 kids. Right, um, we had three girls on our team. Right. Mm -hmm. We had basically all the girls in, 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 and we won the whole thing. Right. We came in oh, first wicked. place. Yeah. And, you know, so we, we had some, some, you know, really magical moments, but you know, there was, there were a couple of kids on that team that, that were going through a tough time, you know? Um, and it, the coach, the, the guy that I coached with our head coach, Chris, uh, just an amazing dude. He, you know, he coaches hockey, he puts on these hockey camps and, you know, he's been a teacher for the last 17 years. Just, just an amazing mind. I'm, I just learned so much from the guy this year. It's not even funny. And I've been coaching, you know, my kids baseball for the last five or six years. Right. But this is one guy where I just really, really listened to what he had to say and watched what he did. And, you know, a couple of these kids that were having problems, he was able to connect with them, like you said, on a little bit more of a personal level. And the next, the next practice, first of all, the kids started showing up to practice right. and then the next then the next practice it was like he's all ears he's all eyes he's all in right and then the, you know and then coming into the games and he's giving everything that he's got right so 100% agree with what you what, with and what Chris, you said. Chris, Chris could be a phenomenal coach for for uh you know fundamentals right right all the fundamentals you need to succeed as a player but if we can't connect inside there first we're not right. going to get that player to where we got to get them to yeah. And it's and now you know, the it's, player feels the connection and they're like, I want to give you everything I got. 
Right. And you know, that Every, connection, everybody's winning, right? The, the, the crazy thing is the connection on that team kind of filled the connection with the head coach filters down onto the other coaches as well. Absolutely. Right. Like his, his eyes were bulging out of his head when, you know, Chris would be, you know, giving some sort of a direction or, you know, uh, instruction on a drill. And then I would take a group of the kids away and I would be doing the same sort of drill or, you know, a different drill or whatever. And it was the same buy-in, right? Like it didn't matter which coach now, he just felt like all of the coaches were listening to his needs and, and, what he needed. Right. So a hundred percent agree with you, dude. Now Tell take that about- back to biz. And that's his story. Yeah. Uh, just, just, to, you know, for anybody listening, who's like, okay, hockey teams, baseball, but take it yeah. back to business. And yeah. that's my message. That's why I brought that up for everybody listening is when you're looking for that coach, think about who can I actually connect with, not just follow like sheeple and take the same thing that everybody bought off the shelf. Right. Find somebody that you can really connect with and they will begin to pull a lot more out of you. You'll be able to pull yeah. more out of each other. And again, right. what jacks me up, that is exactly what gets me just totally pumped for my clients. Jesus, that was a long ass answer to a really short Yeah, man. Question. Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm the king of long answers to short questions. Okay. <laughs> you are. Yeah. So tell me about, uh, tell me about Mindshare, man. Like where, where did you come up with this? Um, you know, what was the genesis? What was the idea? Like, why? Tell me the why. Why? Because I started a company that was very heavy and still is into paper marketing at the time that this guy, you might have heard of him before. His name is Mark Zuckerberg. Mm -hmm. Um, He started his company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why he was trying to cut my grass, but uh, <laughs> I think he won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we look, we, 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 we came into, we, we stepped in in 06 with a really sophisticated paper product that we've been doing for Microsoft and HP and and all these massive companies, right? But we stepped in the real estate game because, you know, the model said, hey, individual agents, everybody's got an individual decision to make. This isn't a big corporate conglomerate where you've got either a boardroom table of people that make a decision or one individual who could cut you off and that whole contract is gone. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more security from a business plan. But when we stepped in, the whole idea exactly was, you know, we're going to come out with this really cool newsletter, personalized and customized. And I mean, there's nothing, still nothing out there that can touch what we do. Hmm. However, now you're battling Facebook and Facebook was brand new at the time, but obviously Facebook took off and being as it may, you're now, you know, using these old traditional ways of communicating with people to battle these brand new bright, shiny objects. And ever since it's been that, you know, that battle with technology and even email marketing, as we talked about off the top, you know, um, social media marketing, video marketing these days. I mean, you know, right down to, to, to the websites and legions and all this stuff. And you go, okay, so people are thinking that these old school methods aren't working anymore because of the fact that there's all these new bright, shiny objects. We know as marketers, you've got to use a cross-channel approach. You've got to be in different places. You've got to use different channels. And I can still stand here today and say it's a fact, and you can Google this, that by leveraging paper, you're going to increase brand awareness by up to 70%, especially when you're using your digital channels. Now you Mm. use paper. It's like, whoa, you just brought that digital stuff to life because you're not just some spam, some bot. You're a real dude, right? That's sending stuff out. So it really changes, again, the mindset of neuroscience, neuromarketing, how we get in there. Well, part of that was now we've got to adjust our message. Right. And when you call me and say, Hey, can I do email? And I'm like, well, you should be doing paper as well. You're like, nah, nobody uses paper. It's old school. Now we got to explain to you why it works. Right. Hence where the concept of mindshare came from, because really what you're trying to do these days is build mindshare. 
It's not just, just be on social. It's not just be on email. It's not just be on paper. You really do need to leverage a cross-channel approach to get through the noise because the minute that these things became what they are in our world and that social media took off, this is the go-to. Well, now we're getting so much noise. I mean, before Facebook even was what it was in social media, it was said that we consumers see over 3,500 advertising messages a day. Right. Now think about all the online noise we get. Oh my God. How do you break through that? Right. Build Mindshare. So be in my inbox, be in my social media feed, be in my mailbox. I should be able to find you online. Hell, when you got a proper relationship, say what's up, call me, text me. That's how we build Mindshare. Because if you want to get through the noise, you need to build the Mindshare. Now, it's got to be positive Mindshare. People have to like you. They've got to really be in tune with what you're doing. They've got to find a connection with you. Hence how we leverage, and this goes into the depths now around, you know, the different ways, the different channels we can use, you know, what's active, what's passive, what are we using to build relationship, and what am I using to let you know that I'm in business, right? right. And it depends on the channels we use and the messages we have. But that's where Mindshare came from. We're trying to figure out how do we explain to people that it's not just about online lead gen. It's not just about social media presence. It's not just about direct mail or just about farming or just about your billboard. It's the entire umbrella now of leveraging all of them because you don't know where I'm looking in a day. Right. Yeah, man. I I think, uh, well, obviously you've hit on something absolutely brilliant, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I think agents and this coming back to, you know, that success of that, that realtor, you know, that, that agent doing six deals a year versus the agent doing 30 deals a year in their sleep, right? The, the agent that's, that's doing 30 deals a year hasn't just figured out how to run a business and, you know, operate a P&L and, and have a budget and manage their time and, um, you know, hire a coach and have the right mindset. It's, it's being able to market. Right, and not just not just focus on one area um, where they think they're going to get a ton of business. Like people that that go into, so I'll use online lead generation as an example. Mm-hmm. Right, there's a lot of agents that I talk to in a week. They're like, oh well, I'll just fire up a, you know an online lead generation campaign and I'll be crushing deals, you know, inside of like you know a couple of weeks. And I'm like, dude, yeah. you understand that the average incubation period of an online lead is anywhere from six to twelve months. And they go, well, what do you mean by incubation? I mean, like <laughs> you're staying in touch with someone for six to 12 months before they pull the fucking trigger on doing a deal with you. Right. So first of all, like you said, you've got to build mindshare, right? So it's a a lot of this, you know, kind of comes back to that, that uh, I had a a friend of mine, uh, Greg Dallaire out of uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, runs a brokerage and a really successful team there, smaller center, right. But they crush a lot of deals Mm -hmm. in a year. And, you know, he was talking about omnipresence marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all he's talking about is retargeting, right? Omnipresence, you know, nice big word, right? You know, but all he's talking about is retargeting. So it's a matter of I'm going to go to David Greenspan's website. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm, you know, he's going to hit my, my IP address with some cookies. And then I'm going to go off to the next website and I'm going to see kids marketing. I'm going to see Mindshare. I'm going to see David Greenspan all over the fucking place, right? Now Mm -hmm. it's like, you're trailing me around and now I can't help but 
you know, maybe pick up the phone and make that call and go, okay, listen, dude, what's this kid's thing that you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Or this, what's this kid's thing that you're following me around the internet for or with, right? So I think it's agents understanding the marketing and, and not just digging deep into, you know, one hole and saying this one hole, this one area of my marketing is going to be the be all end all. It's, it's a great encompassing, you know, marketing plan coming back to that whole idea of planning a business, right? So, you know, Tell me, so talk about that. How does an agent then, if somebody's new in the business for five years and they're doing eight deals and they're listening to this podcast and they go, fuck, now I want to get to, you know, this guy's inspired me. These guys have inspired me. I want to get to 16. I want to get to 24, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of maybe just lay out like a simple game plan that an agent can look at and use and go, okay, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of tools out there. You know, what should I be focusing on my efforts on? Like, what should I be using? Totally, man. And this is the, I mean, this is, this is the ins and outs of exactly what we talk about when it gets into, you know, coaching one-to-one, especially, right. Cause we've got to understand now for everybody, it's going to be slightly different because everybody's slightly different, right. Or very different. And so we've got to understand where do some people excel, where are their comfort zones at? I mean, to sit back and go, Kelly, you're going to have to be on video three times a week. And you're like, uh, no way. Nope. Right. Like yeah. I'm not even going near a camera. Right. Oh, like that is going to be completely, you know, that's not going to work. Right. So we've got to understand that stuff, but if you're at that, you know, I'm at eight, I want to get to 16. The first thing is let's start to go through your plan. So your business plan, let's understand your financials. Let's understand where your expenses are. Let's understand where your income comes in. Let's track those deals. Where did those eight deals come from? Buyers, sellers, referrals, what marketing channels drove those in, right? Because as we start to do that review, we're going to start to realize, and it just is what it is in this business, 70 to 90% of your income is actually going to come from the people that know you like you trust you. Versus 10 to 30%, which is going to come from those strangers, the people you don't know. So understanding where business comes from and understanding our finances now takes us back to what I said probably half an hour ago about what is your budget, right? You right. can't just tell me like, well, it depends what it costs. No, it doesn't. So now that we know the big picture of life, like personal, now I go, well, how much money have you got for marketing? Well, you know, I don't know. No, no, no. You need to know. Because now that we know what kind of dollars you got for marketing, we can then start to lay out a marketing plan. I mean, I could paint a picture for you if you got a half a million to spend on marketing. I could paint a picture for you if you got $500 to spend on marketing. I'll paint a picture for you if you got $50 to spend on marketing. Let's figure out your budget. Because again, full circle here, when I get up every morning to go to work so that I can pay my bills, so I can support my family, the reality is I'm going to work to make money. Right. So I'm going to work to make money to just go and throw shit at the wall and expect that I'm going to make more money because I'm throwing shit at the wall. Really what I'm doing is I'm calling myself to work harder, right? spend more time away from family, spend more money. And we all know the money you make is GCI, but after the tax man, what do you got net? So <laughs> what right. does your ROI really look like? So we go through the AMH, right? Audience marketing and hustle when you land out a marketing plan. Who is your audience? Well, they're homeowners. Yeah, no, they're not. Right? right. You've got to start to really get niche and go, who are they? What is the, the demographic? Demographic, psychographic, geographic, you name right. it. We need to understand better where your business is coming from so we can know where we should hone in. Once we understand our audience, now we get into marketing, figure out what is your budget. Once we understand the budget, now we're going to do what I call the mindshare model, where we go through and we figure out what are you currently doing, or maybe you're not doing anything. But let's figure out what size of a contact list you have. Let's figure that out. We know we've got our two groups. People we know people we don't know. Let's itemize what we're doing for marketing. Let's find out, are we over budget, on budget, under budget? Have we got extra dollars to spend? Are we using all seven channels to communicate with people? 
And if we're not, why not? What can we do to implement that? So now we start to what, structure the can plan. Can I interrupt you just for yeah. one sec? What are the seven channels? Uh, you've got your active and your passive. So you got everything from phone, text, and in-person. And obviously COVID, the in-person thing is is different. But anyways, let's, let's COVID aside here because it's going to go away at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got your active touch points. Again, the phone, the text, and the in-person. You cannot hire somebody to do that for you. And don't have some ISA call me and say, hey, David, how you doing? It's uh, Judy. Kelly just wants to say hi and find out how you're doing. (laughs) Good. Tell Kelly to fucking call me himself. Yeah. There's no relationship with that. So this is the hustle that we, us, we do. And I'm going to tell everybody right now, yes, I am preaching it. I will tell you right now, there's not one person to call me out on the fact that I do not call them because I call. Every day I've got calls scheduled in my calendar. Why? Just that people could go, shit, man, this guy really does it. He really, like, he's telling me to do it, but he does it. Cool. And I know that it creates a ton of opportunity for me as well because I'm right. building on relationships. Then you got your passive touch points. And social media is kind of a mix between active and passive because I truly believe that before you get into spending any type of dollar on social media, you better have your organic game on point, which mm-hmm. means social is really an active touch point to begin with. It's got to be you, not some company you hire, not some third party, not some bot. It's got to be you. Then we've got things like direct mail, email, and our website. And those there, that's your business message. Because when I get your email, I'm not there. Okay, cool. Talk to me about the market. Talk to me about something that has to do with my home. Something that might be interesting to me that's going to say to me, hey, this guy understands real estate. Same thing with your direct mail. And keeping in line with direct mail, it is the only form of your marketing that is actually going to connect with somebody's house. Now- Yeah, but I don't know if they're mailing address, (laughs) but you're in real estate. If you want any chance of helping them buy and sell, you better know where they live and be able to provide some value around that property, right? You want people to connect with you, Mindshare. You want people when they think about their house to think about you, right? Hence why you send that mail because it's the only form it's physical. It gets there. Yeah, but they just throw it out. Yeah. I delete your email and I scroll by your social media faster than I can throw out a piece of mail internalize that one. Okay? Right. Yeah. And I, 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 I love getting mail, man. Dude, I, I, it's I a bright, shiny object. I don't know anybody that doesn't love getting mail. 76% of millennials in the United States trust mail over digital. Why? Because they're smart enough to understand that digital is full of spam and BS. Go figure. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah. To them, they don't get as much of it. Think about it. Right. So it's cool when they get it. It's still cool when we get it, man. I'm getting holiday cards like crazy. Yeah. I got all these cards showing up and mail that's coming through. It's cool, <laughs> right? It's that warm fuzzy, man. But now you look at and then and then the website supports it all because where are people going? They're going online to search for you. Where are people going? They go to the website, they go to social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, right? So you've got to have that stuff on the up and up. Right. Now People can go and download if, if this is okay. You can go to my yep. website, mindshare101.com. I got a free download called the Ultimate Marketing Bundle for Realtors. Go and download that. It, again, free. It's right there on the homepage. It'll walk everybody through the seven ways. Um, it's like 31 page ebook. It's got a 90 day social media content calendar built in, tons wow. of value. Yeah, man, it's packed, right? But it breaks down the seven and really tries to help everybody internalize. So now, again, AMH, we defined our audience. We know our budget. We understand now through this our ultimate marketing bundle, we should be using all seven, not just three or four or one, right? Now it's what is my strategy right. to go and attack those seven on a consistent basis, hence the planning we talked about, right? Yeah. And now the last piece is the H, the hustle. 
Right. What are you going to do to support it? So if you are farming a neighborhood with flyers, you got the bus bench, you're doing the community advertising, what are you doing to get involved in the community? Or are you just relying on your sign to build a relationship with me? Right. Not going to happen. If you're advertising online and you're doing social ads, not that they don't work, but again, incubation periods, it takes a long time. Cost. Do you have the budget? Right. What is the support process? Are you picking up the phone to call this person to try to convert them? If you do convert them and they turn into a deal, what system are you putting them in, which by the way, will cost you more money to get them to refer you business? Right. So it all comes back to money. It all comes back to the channels we use. And then the H with the hustle, what kind of support are we putting out there? Because dude, if you and I didn't connect the way we do when we're not on a video and we're mm -hmm. not in, in the public eye, but it's just you and I shooting the shit, mm -hmm. we probably wouldn't be here today. You and I wouldn't have the relationship we have. Right. Because we, we can Agreed. have some very bare bones convos with each other, right? Yep. And we found synergy with each other. My marketing ain't going to do that shit. It's just going to be right. a talking head. Yeah. So the hustle is where I come in. Now, you want to go from 8 to 16 or to 24 to 30? You've got to understand what we just went through with the AMH. Furthermore, there was a post that went out a number of months ago. And somebody asked a question in a group and said, how many deals do you do on average in a year without doing a single thing? And the average response was 12. And I was like, holy okay. shit, you're doing nothing. You're getting 12 deals. But every single person, Kelly, said it's because they built up their database. Right. How many people are crushing it this year? And I ask everybody, why? What, what is it? Like pent up demand? Are you calling people? They're like, yeah, it's my database. It's like all the people I know. And we were talking before and then it came after and all this stuff. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I know my, my, my clients that are up north in cottage country are getting a lot of buying demand because there's people trying to leave the city to go up there. Right. right. But for the most part, why did you have a good year? Because your database knows who you are and they confided in you to be their realtor to buy, sell, or both for their home. Right. So I don't, I don't know that it's doing nothing, right? It's, it's everything that they have done up to that point. Or, you know, if they're just sending off and an that, email. Yes. Right? right. Sorry. Thank you for saying that. Exactly. Yeah. That's the point. It's not that they're doing nothing. Right. But now that they've built up the database. And it they feels like they they're not doing anything. And, and all it, of a sudden, the, the, like the wheels aren't coming off. The, 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 they're rolling down the road, like at a, at a breakneck speed. And it's, it's all because of everything that they've done up until that point. And now the phone just rings. Right. And, okay. Right. Now go back to that. So now you want to start your business right now. Think about building your database. Yeah. But I don't know a right. lot of people. I'm new to the, the city, the country, the whatever. Okay. Think about the people that you do know. And I've, I mean, we, we provide like a whole memory jogger. That's like five pages versus like, do you, who's this person? Who's this person? I mean, you could look even lead gen, right? Oh, I could get three leads a day. I could get this, but we know it takes time. Yeah. Well, let me save you a bunch of money. What if you just went and met one new person a day? Yeah, but we can't go out. It's COVID. Okay. Go into a Facebook group. I'm, right. I built a backyard rink, in, a backyard rink in my backyard. I've been yeah. on a Facebook group like crazy learning all sorts about ice maintenance and building and structure. And all. there's so many people there and I'm asking people questions about lights and people question about nettings and, and whatever. How many people I'm connecting with? Now think about this. Those people that are doing 12 deals with doing quote unquote, nothing, nothing, right? Most people successful in this business will have a database somewhere between 200 to 700 people. Wow. When you are in that range, and that's easy for every single one of us. Okay. Mm. When you were in that range, you were making money. 
you're making money easier. And now you think if you just met one new person a day, that's 365 new people a year and you paid nothing for it. And the connection with that person you met is way tighter than that rando online lead through Facebook, Google, or whatever that you got. And you right. didn't have to work as hard. And it probably yeah. started off because you both had an interest in hockey rings. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Which is even yeah. the better connection, right? Yeah. I, you know, people are, are in our market and I'm sure it's happening in your market as well. They're so worried about the fact that, you know, open houses are gone now. And they, oh my God, it was like, you know, like I said before, it's digging that one hole and jumping in and, and, you know, it gets so deep that it's incredibly difficult to get out. Right. It's, it's like that with your marketing. If, if you're solely reliant upon open houses, like you're just doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I've talked a lot about this uh, in the past and, you know, trying to rethink uh, the, the, the whole state of open houses and, you know, how to take it digital and how to actually generate um, leads as a result of it. But you touched on something really, really powerful and important. And that is like just getting into some of these groups online, these Facebook groups and, you know, having a conversation with some of these people, like, you know, figure out what your interests are. Right. And then go and jump into these groups and have conversations with these people. I mean, if you're able to, to make connections and, you know, be in the comfort of your living room, sitting in front of your, you know, your Christmas tree or your, you know, you got your fire going and your coffee in your hand and, you know, you're having, you know, multiple conversations in a day. I mean, I don't want people to think that this is going to be the be all end all, but this could be a good gap solution for right now that could wind up going on into the future. Right. Even even when open houses come back and in-person networking uh, comes back, you know, this could be a gap solution that you could wind up just, you know, implementing into your business plan. And it could be one of those things that, you know, you're, you're out meeting. That's part of those 365 people that you're going to meet in a year. What's this business all about? Like what what is the what is the big goal of a realtor every day when they wake up? What's the one goal? Uh, it's I don't know. You tell me. Build a relationship. Right. I want deals. Yeah, but it you're not going to wake up and just have a deal land at your door. Go right. out there and it get should, it. That, that's it's what the it same thing be, I say though. to the door knocker, Kel. The door knocker right. comes to my house. And I, I know, forgive me for everybody who's heard me say, tell this story a million times. But they come to the house and, hey, how you doing? Oh, my name's Kelly Scar. I work at ABC Realty down the street. Blah, blah, blah. I go, oh, yeah. And I mean, the funny thing is, because I probably know where your office is. And I'll say it and they'll think of a realtor or whatever. But it's, I go, so how can I help you? Now, what are you thinking? I just right. told you who I am. I just told you why I'm here. And you just asked me, how can I help you? And right. that's, that's the role play I'm going to do with you. Cause you don't know who I am just yet. And you just came right. to my door. Right. Right. How can I help you? Well, uh, you know, I'm just here. Okay, cool. Hey, thanks for coming by. Real nice to meet you. I, I, how's it been going? You've been talking to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. What can I do for you? Uh, right. now they're just going, can I leave? Right. You yeah. Go, okay. Would you like to put a sign on my lawn today? Oh, are you planning to sell? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So how about this? You're here to build a relationship with me. Because how many people just slammed the door on your face or didn't even open? Yeah, it's been like that pretty much all day. And said, so now I'm here. Big smile on my face. I'm talking to you. You've been on my door now for the past seven minutes. What do you want from me? Because if you tell me you want to sell my house, I'm not ready to sell my house. And who the hell are you? Right. Why don't you build a relationship with me? Why don't you come to my door with the idea of building a relationship? And starting to just stay in front of me, build some mind share, do it over a long period of time. Don't try to sell me anything. Don't try to sell my house. Don't try to pitch me. Just build a relationship with me. Right. Talk to me about something that might be relevant to me. Hell, did you, did you notice I was building a rink in the backyard? Maybe you did. Maybe you did. Who knows? Right? Right. 
Now let's parlay that back to digital. Right. We can do the exact same thing on a Facebook group. And everybody listening, I'm not talking about tapping into the realtor groups because there's a bunch of pollution in those things and you do not need to be there. You want to talk to your network connections, go and talk to them. But to go post up stuff in Facebook groups, and we got friends of ours that do it all the time in Facebook groups of other realtors, and all they're doing is bitching and complaining and looking for other people's opinions. Stop it. You said it. Put the blinders on. Put the headphones Mm. on. Get the hell out of Dodge. Go find people you can find commonalities with. Right. If you like playing the flute, if you like knitting, if you like hockey, I don't care what it is. There's people out there and there are a lot of groups on Facebook for that. And you want to die. I mean, dude, when I tell you how ingrained I've been in this one, two groups for backyard hockey rinks, I don't know. Most of these people, in fact, I'm finding a lot of people I do know now in those groups. Okay. But I don't know most of those people, but the topic, oh man, am I ever interested right now? Right. I'm learning, man. I'm a first time rink builder. I'm managing ice and temperatures and God knows support systems. And oh my God, look at the lighting these people put under their ice. Nice to ask questions. Nice to realize other people having the same problems as you. Now Mm. I'm talking to these people. We're not talking business. Right. But that could turn into it. Maybe. Yeah. You know, it it reminds me of this story and I can't remember where I saw it. I think it was, it might've been, might've been in a book. Um, in fact, I think it was, there was a, a book written called Sociable. It was written by Stephen Jagger and, and Shane Gibson years ago. Steve. Yeah. You know, Steve Gibson, Steve, Steve Jagger. No, Is oh, that sorry, Steve Jag. Yeah. Steve Jagger. Yeah. 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 And Shane Gibson, Shane Gibson cool. and Steven Jagger. Anyway. Yep. Um, like Steven so Jagger, wrote- our buddy from the West coast. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 So they wrote a book called Sociable. And I think it was in this, I think this was in their book. I can't remember, but it might've been, maybe it was Gary Vee. Anyways, point is, is that there was this, there was this guy and they were doing these, these um, in-person events at, at this pub uh, and, or maybe it was on marketing. I think it might've been on marketing, whatever. I'm name dropping a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, Anyways, yeah. The, the point of the story is this, that there's this, they were putting on these events at this pub and they happened on a monthly basis. And uh, there was this realtor that was there and um, he would never introduce himself. He would never get up and speak, but he would, he would buy a drink. He would buy a round of drinks for uh, the crowd every single month, right? It was part of his marketing plan, part of his budget. So every time they would show up at this pub or this restaurant, he would buy a round of, uh, round of drinks. And this went on for like, I don't know, six months, seven months, eight months, something like that. So finally, when he did have something to say, he actually had the attention of the crowd. He had the attention of the group, right? So then he was able to get up and you know pitch, but his pitch wasn't, um, I want you to buy or sell real estate with me. His, p- his pitch was, if you're ever thinking about it and you you are thinking about you know hiring a realtor i hope that you'll think of me think of me first right but the point is is that he was making these deposits for like seven or eight or nine months he was making probably a gary v it was yeah jab jab right hook hook, yeah or it could have been on marketing i think it was actually scott stratton it might have been on maybe but uh, whatever it was. So the whole idea then was that he was making these deposits and, you know, when he finally goes for the ask, but it's the classic jab, 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 right hook, right? Mm -hmm. When he finally goes for the ask, now he's got the attention of of the people that are out there. This is the same thing with, with exactly what you've been talking about for the last hour, right? All of the digital stuff, all of the print stuff, everything that you're doing comes back to how much value can I provide to my audience? And when it comes time, if I have to make that ask, they're going to be okay with me making that ask as opposed to showing up on the doorstep, wanting to sell that house right away. It's, it's all about building that relationship and building, like you said, that mind share. 
That's listen, that's what it comes down to. And the more that you are connecting with people and just having those convos, the more people are going to be open to you. I was just talking with a client of mine this morning about this with their social media strategy. And we're talking about, you know, that business page versus the personal profile and, you know, but I said, but business boring. I don't want to see just sold and just listed and just sold and just listed in open house and just sold. Like I don't care for it, but show me who you are. Mm. Talk to me about things that might be interesting to me. Things that you've got interest in. Maybe I'll find I got common interests. We talk about those. I will do my research after. I will learn who you are. Or down the road when you decide to be like, hey, you know, and and however your spiel pitch goes to sort of kind of go, I'm in real estate or whatever it is you do for a living, right? At that point, it is so cash and so off the cuff. Now it's, you don't need a script for that. You don't need to rehearse that. It probably just came out through talking. It's like, oh, yeah, I was just dealing with a client. They were working on uh, selling their house. And, oh, you're a realtor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, listen. So, yeah, we were doing this stuff. I don't even need to get onto it. You right. already like me. That's already established. We're now having like shoot the shit convo. Somehow it drops on the fact that I'm in real estate. You go and poke for, to probe at it a little bit. I deflect that whole thing and go right back to the story I was telling. Hey, guess what? You now know I'm in real estate. Right. Right. But because you're not feeling pitched, you're not feeling anything. We've got trust. We've got confidence. Now you're like, I I like this dude. All of a sudden I could be a realtor. Right. I love it, man. Let's leave it there. I, I, you know, this has been such a great conversation. I know we can go on and on and on, but I know you've you've got, you know, it's a timing thing and you've got other coaching clients here right before the holidays uh, begin. So why don't we end it with this? Uh, Let everybody know where they can, where they can find you online, um, you know, and maybe remind our listeners if they've made it this far, uh, where they can download that ebook. Absolutely. Um, first, I want to thank you. I appreciate uh, the invitation today and uh, looking forward to, uh, to you know, wrapping again uh, at, at some point, you know, soon in the future. Um, but for everybody that is tuned in, thank you all as well. Uh, I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a happy holidays and wish everybody all the best for, for 2021. we got a very exciting year coming up. No matter what 2020 did for you, it was a crazy ride for everybody. But buckle up because there's some good things coming. Um, for me, you know, let's connect by all means, please. You can find me on my website, mindshare101.com. Um, I do encourage everybody go and download that uh, ultimate marketing bundle for realtors. Again, like I said, a 90 day social media content calendar, 31 pages of tips and tricks for you, completely free. So go and download that, use that as a resource. Um, if you got more questions, reach out to me anytime. Again, all my contact info is going to be found on my website. Um, that being said, as well, on uh, Facebook, find me at uh, David Greenspan, your real estate industry coach. And then, of course, follow me on uh, on Insta at uh, David Greenspan 101. And I have to do a last plug for the Mindshare podcast. Uh, yeah, tune man. in on iTunes, on all your favorite podcast platforms. The Mindshare podcast is available uh, all the time. But uh, we release a new episode every single week, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Awesome, man. What's How many episodes are you into it now? We're going into episode 109 this coming Wednesday. Wow, dude. Yeah, Impressive. Man. One, one Impressive. a week for the past 109 weeks. It's been uh, it's been amazing. You know, the uh, the charts fluctuate. We've hit our top 10s on iTunes. We've uh, we've dropped out of the charts on iTunes. You know, it's it's one of those moving targets on a regular basis, but um, yeah. certainly get a ton of traction. Uh, we are on a big push for 100 now, so we're looking for uh, reviews on iTunes. We're, we're trying to get to 100 reviews, um, and I've said to everybody, and I'll, I'll, I'll share it here, that uh, for everybody that does tune into the podcast and subscribes and leaves a review, you will be entered into a draw uh, to win a free month of coaching. So I encourage everybody nice. to tune into the podcast, um, and uh, I, I'm grateful for it. Awesome, man. Thank you so yeah, much man. for your time, brother. appreciate it. Thank you.
All right. All the best. And thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can find us on iTunes as well as on YouTube. If you have a question, drop a question down below. If you're seeing this on Facebook, do the same. And if you are listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, a five-star would review, just like David said, would be much appreciated. Take care. Thanks for listening and have a great day, guys. Take care.